Happy Thanksgiving. One week from today, many of us will sit down at a table with our wonderful families, our wonderful friends, and enjoy a lovely dinner and express what we are grateful for and watch some football, eat a little dessert, and then come back later that evening uh, for some cold leftover dark meat. It's a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Justin Gleason. Welcome to Spirit Signal. This is a God, Bible, and Church podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other podcasting platforms. Please consider subscribing, giving us a great review and rating, and sharing this message with your friends. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pages, Twitter, and Parlor at Justin C. Gleason. Podcasting is the future. You know, one of the reasons I made this podcast is to be able to talk about things that I normally would not talk about in the pulpit. And today's subject, Surviving Thanksgiving Anxieties, is one of those very subjects. This is something you wouldn't talk about in the pulpit. You know, the pulpit is to pull people to the Lord, pull people to the Word, pull people to truth. And we do that on Spirit Signal. But today I want to address a subject that was born out of, yes, pastoral ministry, hearing people express their thoughts and feelings, but just also I'm just an observer of the world that that we live in, and I love to uh, set up a microphone and talk to you about the things that I see and that I feel. And we hope today that we add value to people that have anxieties about Thanksgiving, for many, this is not a happy time, but a time that is something to be endured. It's actually a holiday that is dreadful for so many people, and especially for apostolics, especially for saved, sanctified, oneness, Pentecostal people. And uh, let me explain this to you. You know, you're, you're getting together with family, and a lot of us, not all of our family are in church. A lot of us, not all of our family is serving the Lord and maybe you have that one uncle who divorced his wife and remarried a woman and her son, now your step-cousin, comes and he decided he wants to be a girl and he comes dressed as a woman. Or, <laughs> or maybe your aunt got divorced and remarried and now your step-cousin, she comes and she starts making awkward eyes at you. I mean, you know, these things really happen. Things, weird things like this really happen, and it's no wonder people have anxiety, and Thanksgiving is a very stressful holiday. So that's what we're here to talk about today on SSWJG. I want to talk about church Thanksgiving anxieties. Maybe you go to a church that's a real big events church. Uh, They do a lot of dinners. You have a really big food church. Typically, these churches exist in small towns, rural communities, and I love going to those type of, types of churches. They have great food, but, you know, some churches just don't know how to do food right. And maybe you have had to have Thanksgiving year after year ever since you were a child in the church basement, and you dread it because the food is terrible. You know, it's got that kind of that public school taste to it. The corn has that government taste to it, and uh, maybe the turkey is dry. And uh, the basement stinks. You know, you're there. Your youth group is small. Everybody around you is old. 
There's nothing fun to do. So you manage to escape up into a Sunday school room and just hide out and listen to a podcast all on your own. Or maybe you go and steal the drumsticks and you go and play the drums in the church (laughs) the entire time while everybody is downstairs eating uh, canned cranberries and eating a nasty pumpkin pie. You know, these are real anxieties that people have with church Thanksgiving. And then, oh, what about this one? This is a big one, especially in the last 10 years. Your youth group, your youth pastor, your youth group coordinator, whatever, volunteered you and other members of your youth group to go and help out at a homeless shelter. And for Thanksgiving Day, you are down there uh, having to serve and spend Thanksgiving with uh, a bunch of uh, people that are out of their mind and uh, that are just absolutely crazy and, and mumbling to themselves. You know, these are real anxieties that people have. How do, how do you survive that? You know, Thanksgiving is a, it is a Christian holiday. A lot of people don't know that. It's not secular. It is actually Christian. You know where it came from? It came from the pilgrims. They came uh, over on, well, on the Mayflower, but it wasn't just the Mayflower. It was many ships in the early 1600s. And when they arrived here to the newfound land, uh, that fall, they offered prayer and thanksgiving to God for a successful first harvest that fall in the early 1600s. And so the colonists, they would gather together for prayer and thanksgiving to God every fall and thank him for a great harvest and a successful hunting. So this became a tradition for the British colonies year after year after year. Uh, George Washington, in his writings, he would celebrate this, this Thanksgiving holiday. And most people in the colonies would always celebrate it the last Thursday of November. The last Thursday of November. Uh, As far as American tradition goes, uh, President Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving an official federal holiday. And then uh, you had FDR, the socialist, who tried to move Thanksgiving up to the third week of November uh, for retail Christmas shopping. Oh, to make the that economy for FDR boom. That's what it was all about. Try to move it up. But many rejected that and said, no, we're going to stick with what Washington wanted and we're going to stick with what the pilgrims did. So it stayed the fourth Thursday of the month. So the root of Thanksgiving is not football parades or shopping or any of that. It is prayers and thanksgiving to God for a great harvest. And I love Thanksgiving. I enjoy it. I have a great thing. I really don't have any anxieties, but I know a lot of people that do. And I get questions about this and pray for people about this and try to encourage people during this time. But you know, I, whenever I, I think about Thanksgiving, and I remember learning about the pilgrims as a kid, I was, I was fascinated with pilgrims and how they, how they came over on ships and learned to survive here in this land. And several years ago, I started digging into my family lineage, and other Gleasons have done a lot of the hard work. And what I'm about to tell you is on Ancestry.com. It's been confirmed through death certificates, birth certificates, all of the records that courthouses have kept here in the United States of America. But my uh, lineage goes back to the early 1600s here uh, in America. I'm Justin Gleason, the son of Stanley Gleason, 
the son of Wendell Gleason, the son of Turner Gleason, the son of Orion Gleason, the son of Hiram Gleason, son of Elijah Gleason, son of Ariel Gleason, son of John Gleason, the second son of John Gleason, the first son of William Gleason, and then finally son of Thomas Gleason. And most Gleasons here in the United States can trace their lineage back to Thomas Gleason. He was born in the year 1609 and died in the year 1705, lived a long, good, prosperous life. But he came here in the early 1600s and uh, just based upon the way his grave looks, uh, the way the marriage certificate looks, he was of the same faith and uh, ways of a pilgrim. And he would have cele- he would have celebrated this holiday, the last Thursday of November. And you think about this, you know, we're talking about the anxieties that we have for Thanksgiving. They were totally different back then. Their anxiety you know, was not over some crazy relative or something awkward that might happen. Their anxiety was, are we going to have enough food to survive this winter? Are we going to be able to make it through the rest of this year with our lives? Are we able to uh, get through this winter and still be above ground? You know, agriculture is hard. Farming is hard. You think about this. They tried to trying to survive without all of the machines that we have today, all, all of the modern equipment. All of the, the fertilization, access to water, you know, ways to till the ground, access to seed. You know, they didn't have all of that. There was a major uh, aspect of faith that was in their equation of survival. And to be able to go through the fall and have a good harvest, to be able to be ready for the winter, that was something to stop and together as a family get down on our knees and pray together and say, God, we thank you for a good harvest. Thank you that we have something to be able to survive this winter. That's how they were able to get through tough times in a new world, in a new land. That is how they were able to enjoy the freedom that they had. It was through thanksgiving. So, yeah, you have your family anxieties, you know, some people are, are upset this Thanksgiving because they're not able to get together because of COVID restrictions. Uh, some people are like, "Woo, that's the best news I've heard all year. <laughs> Don't have to go and be with my relatives. You know? But, uh, yeah, you, you have cousins that are awkward. You have cousins that are just weird. You have aunts and uncles and whoever that seems to show up at the table every year that you don't, you have no idea what's going to come out of their mouth. Uh, you have divorces and new marriages and new family members every, every year. Uh, maybe you have that one aunt that is constantly getting plastic surgery and she shows up and things are bigger. And it's awkward and uncomfortable. And you don't know what to say or do. I mean, these are real anxieties for apostolic people. Uh, you, you have that one aunt who's backslidden and is always uh, slandering and reviling holiness standards. And you're there with your husband and your child, and you're trying to get through a dinner without having to hear her uh, slander how we live our lives. And you're worried about what's that going to do to your child to hear a family member talking like that. That's weird stuff. How, how do you survive that? How, how do you go through Thanksgiving and be thankful with that? Uh, you you got you got uh, 
you know, all kinds of things going on. What I'm trying to say here is every dysfunction known to man typically comes out at Thanksgiving gatherings. And then you have that the heavy drinking. Then you have the dirty jokes that come. And then the most dreaded, sickest part of all, the porn. Yeah, the porn. Did you know porn, the most viewed day of the year for porn, it is not New Year's Eve. It's not New Year's Day. It's not Valentine's Day. It's not St. Patrick's Day. It's not Fourth of July. It's not Labor Day. It's none of those. You know what it is? Thanksgiving. According to the recoveryvillage.com, Thanksgiving Day is by far the number one day for people to view pornography. How, how, how does that work? You know, you, you got your creep uncle who says, hey, I want some dark meat and I'm going to go in the next room and watch some porn. Anybody want to join me? I, I, I don't understand that. I, I don't get that. But there are creepy families out there that have no problem with sitting down and, you know, watching porn. You know, it used to be... Uh, those adult novelty stores were built in and off in the backwoods somewhere. And it was a solidarity, a solitary, a solidarity enjoyment. Now it's like, Hey, get the family together, get the kids. Let's get the dog. Let's get the food. Let's all sit down and watch some of this stuff together. I don't understand that. So yeah, it can be tough on apostolic families. Trying to make sure your children stay innocent and having to bring them around family that is very ungodly. And they're really forward about it. It's not, let's come together and set aside our religions, set aside our politics, set aside our way of life, and let's just be thankful that we have some family. Oh no, there are people that want to come and argue. They want to come and be passively aggressive against church that's what they want to do and you got to sit there through all of that how do you get through that well i'm going to tell you you get through it by being thankful you get through it by being grateful for the things that you are happy with in your life and you know it's very difficult for there to be dysfunction when somebody starts talking about what they are grateful for You want to silence all of the trash that is coming out of the mouth, out of your backslidden sister, or out of your carnal LGBTQ brother, or your hippie uncle. You know what you need to do? Say, everybody, you know, take your knife, tap your iced tea while they're all drinking their Jack Daniels, tap your iced tea and say, I would like us all to go around the circle and express something that we are thankful for. And if you are religious, go ahead and say what you are thankful to God for. If you're not, be thankful for whatever your nothing, whatever your evolution gave you. Okay, I'll start. I want to thank God for heaven. I want to thank God for the truth. And I want to thank God that I survived it. And I, w- I am so thankful that I'm still alive in it, here to testify to you all that it's real and it's alive and true. And I still love all of you. Okay, Uncle Frank, you're next. Go ahead. You know, start getting people to talk about what they're thankful for. You know, it's something, it's very difficult for the ungodly to say thank you for anything. 
it'll get quiet really quick. And you know what? It'll, it'll, it'll become a sobering moment very quickly. So bring the spirit of thanksgiving to the table. That's how you survive it. I now want to talk to those who are dreading Thanksgiving because uh, you have loneliness anxieties. This time of year, uh, approaching Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, if you are lonely, uh, it'll, it'll come out. This time of year, you realize just how lonely you really are. You have no family. You have no friends. Yeah, you'll be alone this Thanksgiving, eating a Swanson dinner, watching your TV. And I don't know your your situation, but you, you, to be objective, you might want to just reflect and look inside. Maybe there's a reason you don't have any family or friends. Maybe you're not the most enjoyable person to be around. You know, mostly teenagers and people in their 20s and 30s listen to this, but I know we have older people that listen to this. Maybe you're one of those guys listening to this. Your wife left you, and your kids want to have nothing to do with you. Yeah, Thanksgiving is going to be dreadful for you. Thanksgiving is one of those things, uh, you reap what you sow. And if you have sowed contention, dysfunction, chaos, you're going to be spending Thanksgiving alone. So you need to use this time to do some self-reflection, examining yourself. And you got to think and wonder, have I really been going after and emphasizing and being intentional about the things that matters the most, and that is my family and my friends? Because uh, you, you can't, it's very difficult to do life without people. Living is with people. Living is with conversation. It's another reason why I started this podcast. I wanted to bring conversation to the media. God, Bible, and church conversation. And I know you're probably listening to me through your phone. But you know what? We've got to spend less time just staring at the phone and rather listen to the phone. You can't build conversation by watching YouTube videos. Conversation comes through audio, through talking. And, and that's, that's why I, I, you know, I have from time to time guests on this podcast just to sit down and talk. It's unscripted. What I'm talking to you right now, I literally have no notes in front of me. Oh, except my family lineage, and, I, and I, I can do it without <laughs> looking at it, but uh, I, I didn't want to mess that up. You know, conversation is so special, and you realize how lonely you are when a day when you're supposed to be grateful, to be alive, to be grateful for the things that you have, and you have nobody to talk to about it with. Why don't you start, by after this Thanksgiving, start being grateful and thankful and call your ex-wife and say, I know I messed things up, but I'm thankful for you. Why don't you call up your children and say, I'm so thankful for you. You are special to me. Call up the, 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 an estranged friendship that you have and express some gratitude to them. It's very difficult for people to, to hate you when you're thankful for them. Thankfulness catches the eyes and the ears of others. It catches the eyes and the ears of the people 
that you should love most. And not only that, but this attitude of gratitude, being thankful, it catches the heart of God. In the book of Luke, chapter number 17, there is a group of lepers that calls out to the Lord. And the Lord heals all of them miraculously, and he says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they were on their way to the priest, they all looked, and their leprosy was gone. And one of those lepers came back and fell down before the Lord and offered praise and thanksgiving unto God. And the Bible says that Jesus said to him, your faith has made you whole. And how I interpret that is that the other nine lepers, their sores just disappeared. Just the disease disappeared. They still walked away missing fingers, missing toes, missing pieces of their body. But the leper that came back to Jesus and said, thank you, all of a sudden his hand was restored. The tip of his nose grew back. His bottom lip came in. His big toe grew back, whatever. You get the picture. You know what I'm talking about. It all came back. He was made whole because he turned around to say, thank you. Leprosy is a dark, horrible, uh, grotesque sickness. The book, the book of Exodus, chapter 4, the first time leprosy ever appeared, it was on Moses. And the Lord gave him that leprosy. You know, he says to him, don't doubt me. You're a deliverer. Go to the land of Egypt. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Bring them out. And Moses was terrified, and God gave him a sign so that he would not doubt himself but believe. And, he, and one of those signs was stick your hand in your cloak. And when he did, he pulled his hand out, and it was uh, covered in leprosy. God said, put your hand back in your cloak, and he did. And when he pulled it out, the leprosy was gone. That's the first uh, instance of leprosy in the Bible. Then after that, in Numbers 12, you have Miriam. Uh, Miriam, she spoke against Moses uh, for his Ethiopian wife. You know, that's a story. I, 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 need, I need to elaborate on that someday. I've never heard anybody uh, preach this about Moses' Ethiopian wife. Essentially, when he was a prince in Egypt before he ever fled, according to, to uh, rabbinical history, as a way of creating an alliance uh, with the Ethiopians, Moses, and uh, it's thought to be an Egyptian, married this this woman, and he still remained faithful to that vow. And uh, Miriam disputed that, and she uh, was stricken with leprosy. Uh, later on in Leviticus, uh, God gives an actual plan for people who are stricken with leprosy to be cleansed of it, and it was all done through the priesthood. All done through the priesthood. But then in the Old Testament, you have uh, other other places like Naaman. He was cleansed of his leprosy uh, by the word of the prophet Elisha, told him to go wash in the Jordan seven times. Uh, you, you have Gehazi, his deceit, his greed. Uh, he was judged then for Naaman's leprosy. Then you have King Uzziah, who uh, did not follow the word of God wholeheartedly, but offered incense unlawfully. And withstood the priest for it, and he became a leper. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 24, the foundation of the Old Testament concerning leprosy, the Lord says, Take heed, if there's an outbreak of leprosy, that you carefully observe 
and do according to all that the priests, the Levites, they shall teach you. Just as I commanded them, so you shall be careful to do. God told Israel, is leprosy is a problem, and it's going to come. And when it does come, if you ha- the only way you're going to have any hope of cleansing yourself of it, completely eradicating it out of your land, you're going to have to obey the word of God. You're going to have to obey the word of God to a T. You then get in the New Testament, and there's leprosy everywhere. And I think the main reason why there was leprosy everywhere is because at that time nobody was trusting the priesthood. It had become very corrupt. It had become very hypocritical. There was no more power in it. And Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to restore uh, to destroy the law, but rather fulfill it. Jesus Christ came as a king, but not only that, he came as a priest. He is the priest who offered his own blood to atone of our sins, and he is now our great high priest in heaven. You know what I think is going on there with that leper who returned? Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. That leper on his journey to the corrupt priest, the high priest, he got the revelation of who the priest was at that moment, and he saw it. It was Jesus. And turning around, having faith in Jesus as the new high priest, that was the type of faith that made him whole. We need to be making our requests known to God just like these lepers. But there's something deeper to that, and that is to give thanks unto God. Those are two separate things, making your requests known to God and the giving of thanks. Miracles come when God answers our prayer. But there are even greater follow-up blessings to that when we give thanks unto him. So no matter who you're with this year or who you're not with this year, whether you're where you want to be or don't, whether you're not where you want to be, you need to be thankful. That's how our American Protestant forefathers treated this last Thursday of November. You offer praise and thanksgiving for the goodness of God because he is good. He is good. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything, offer prayers, supplications, be thankful unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts during the present distress. COVID-19 is not as severe as leprosy, but we are in a time where we really need God to touch us and to help us. They're talking about the big third wave of COVID-19. The first one was the spring. The second one was during the time of the George Floyd riots. And now entering into the winter season, it spiked again. We need God to protect us. We need God to overshadow us. So strengthen your immune system. Do whatever you can. Try to be healthy. But on Thanksgiving Day, you have my permission and my blessing to eat everything in sight. Eat so much you get a new stretch mark. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Go Donald Trump. (laughs) 